Evangelizing the nation for the best and brightest future of our country, our world, and of our eternal souls. And what could be more important than that? Today's topic, in a roundabout way, is DUMBS. You heard that right. I'm talking about D-U-M-B-S, DUMBS, which is an acronym for Deep Underground Military Bases. Now, there are over 1,700 of these uh, worldwide, and many, many in our country today. And so um, I wanted to uh, approach this topic in a little bit of a circuitous fashion. And, um, and so let's just dive right in. Now, evangelization or evangelination is for bringing the word to the world. And Jesus Christ is the word made flesh who is mysteriously present also in the revelation contained in the Holy Bible. So, um, why have I chosen this topic? Well, the times in which we are living are very strange indeed. And the very foundations of our civil society seem to be under attack. Faith in God and all that means for human society, including following the Ten Commandments, such as thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. You know, all of these things are being, um, I think, undermined in current events in our nation today. You know, we can read the commandments of the Lord your God in the Bible in the following places. Exodus 20, Numbers 10, and Deuteronomy Five. That's 20, 10, 5, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So there's a tidy way to remember that. Each number is half the other, 20, 10, 5. And the order of the book names here um, from among the first five books of the Bible spells E-N-D or end, as in we are in the end times. <laughs> okay, so in Exodus 20, Numbers 10 and Deuteronomy 5, we have the Ten Commandments of the Lord our God, who made us and who sustained the chosen people miraculously in the desert of sin. As an aside, I've lived there, really, that portion of the Negev Desert of Israel that is actually called the Desert of S-I-N, Sin, or maybe Z-I-N transliterated as Zin, which is quite similar. Looks like we are doing a lot of spelling today. <laughs> anyway, in fact, maybe this is where we get the word we use today, sin. That is, from this place in the wilderness of the Sinai Pen Peninsula, where the Israelites rebelled against God. Okay, in the desert of sin. We read in Exodus 7.17 that the place was named Massa and Meribah, because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, quote, Is the Lord among us or not? Now, this place and event are recalled in Psalm 95, 
a psalm of King David, who many years later, around 1000 BC, wrote, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, uh, 1000 BC, wrote these beautiful verses. And here is the voice uh, of King David. Well, uh, uh, mimicking the voice of the Lord. Quote, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the desert. When they challenged me, they tested me, though they had seen all my works. Psalm 95, uh, verses 8 and 9. So this is the Lord saying, look, I took you out of slavery in Egypt and led you to the promised land. And along the way, um, there was some time to change hearts so that they would know that he is the Lord, their God, and there is no other. But they challenged him. They said, is the Lord among us or not? Why are, why are we here in this desert? We want to go back to slavery. Okay, now Meribah was located at the top of the present-day Sinai Peninsula, just southwest of the Dead Sea. You see, interestingly, Dead Sea there, you see sin and death go together. That's just an aside. Now, not to get into too much detail here, but if you do any research about this, you can see that the desert of Paran was to the west, and the desert of Sin, or Zin, was toward the east, just south of the Dead Sea. So Meribah and Massa were the places where the Israelites, freed from oppressive slavery in Egypt, rebelled against their savior, the Lord God, complaining that it would have been better to have remained slaves in Egypt than to suffer the hardships of life in the desert wilderness. Now, isn't that how we are today? Sometimes it seems easier to accept slavery than the responsibility that freedom requires. You know, there is a quote of Harriet Tubman uh, that has survived to this day. Recall that Harriet Tubman was the courageous black woman who established the underground or uh, was a conductor in the Underground Railroad to free blacks from slavery in the 1800s in this nation. So after freeing hundreds of slaves, as a conductor of the Underground Railroad, a network of people and places of refuge designed to rescue slaves and move them out of danger, Harriet Tubman said, quote, I could have freed so many more if they had only known that they were slaves. I could have freed so many more if they had only known that they were slaves. So sometimes, like the Israelites in the desert of sin, or in the history of slavery in this country, we as people prefer the certainty of slavery to the fearful unknowns that come with freedom. Perhaps more often than we would like to admit, we prefer to give our freedoms away in exchange for the responsibility of having it. Freedom is a responsibility. Being semi-retired, I have a lot of time, more so than when I was a young person in school or when I was pursuing ambitious goals as a younger adult. The freedom of time I have now is a responsibility. What will I do with my time? Indeed, what will we all do with our freedom in this nation? The freedoms we enjoy in this country are protected by the Bill of Rights, 
appended to the United States Constitution, which is the document to govern our civil society together. And the First Amendment to the Constitution in this Bill of Rights protects five basic rights of human beings. And these are the right to free expression of religion, and that the government shall make no pronouncements as to which religion citizens can or must follow. And the remaining four First Amendment rights are the right to free speech, not censored ideas as we find happening unapologetically on the internet today. For example, you cannot talk about anything that calls into question vaccine safety or alternative uh, means of uh, treating coronavirus cases. And then there's the right to freely assemble and um, the freedom of press and the freedom uh, to petition the government for redress of grievances. So the five uh, basic rights uh, of the First Amendment are freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and, and that includes media of social communications, the freedom of assembly, and the right to have heard the grievances brought to governing bodies by the people. So, if we accept the erasure of our First Amendment rights in this country on account of a declared state of emergency for a health crisis, as in the case of the coronavirus, will we not be like the Israelites who preferred slavery to the challenges of being a free people? It seems that thus far, we would rather accept the disruption of our society, our jobs, schools, businesses and churches, our economy, our freedom to go out in public unharassed by the insistence of wearing masks on our faces, of no longer embracing, touching, smiling at one another, or of speaking freely opinions that go counter to the unelected governing bodies that now control our patterns of behavior, what we will do or not do, whether we will die alone without loved ones restricted from access to us, or whether we will be unable to hold a beloved family member in our arms at precious moments, such as the time of birth. And it seems that thus far, we would rather accept these erasure of our civil rights, of our human rights, than accept the risk that a virus poses. And it goes further. We seem to be comfortable with the idea of surveillance and punishment of those who don't wear a mask in public. We are growing comfortable with sacrificing our civil liberties and our privacy on the altar of this virus event, an event which is undeniably surrounded by curious and real problems like the falsification of data promulgation of false news reports that are later having to be rescinded, and, and the serious hushing of alternative medical solutions and the respected physicians who claim that they work, who show, demonstrate with their patients that they work, as you know, other less dramatic ways of handling coronavirus health concerns. You know, it seems that people would rather accept one uncomplicated, simplistic idea namely that the entire world must be held hostage, shackled like slaves, until a coronavirus vaccine enters on the scene to, quote, save us. 
Will things go back to normal when that happens? I think no, because now we have a new normal, which is the willingness to forfeit our First Amendment rights in the name of safety. Do you know what Benjamin Franklin said about that? I quote, they who can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Ben Franklin, one of the founding fathers of this nation. In the name of safety, we will forfeit our ability to walk into a store without covering our faces. <laughs> Feels like Sharia law, only it's for men and women. And we will forfeit our ability to assemble in our own churches at full capacity. And recall that at the beginning of this coronavirus event, it was at zero capacity. We could not exercise then our First Amendment rights at all to worship and to peaceably assemble. And these rights are still mitigated today. And I suspect they will be conditioned next year on the requirement of taking a mandatory vaccine. Complete with tracking technology, so it is always known if you are up to date with the latest state-developed injection required to be inserted into your body. I know that may offend some people, but hey, you know, it's America and we can speak freely about these concerns that we have. Interestingly, at the same time as all these changes are taking place in our country, we are witnessing the exact opposite of the restriction uh, of churches to peaceably assemble in these large protest groups that are allowed to freely take over public spaces and there pillage, loot, and burn our American cities in the name of economic freedom for Blacks, in the name of freedom from structural discrimination against people with a Black skin tone. You know, the, these are ideas best exchanged as ideas are ordinarily exchanged through civil discourse and prudent implementation of changes in society. Changes we have been, in fact, implementing for decades now since the civil rights movement of the 1960s. So why the violence and mayhem? I think it is because of an underlying intention to mitigate civil rights and to undermine the sovereignty of nations, this nation and all nations the world over. You know, it's called globalism. Personally, I think that Harriet Tubman would be appalled at such things happening in the name of freedom today. For we are not like the slaves that Harriet Tubman, Tubman might have freed, are we? She might have freed those slaves if they had had the courage to break from the tyranny of their wicked enslavement and to enter into the challenges that the maintenance of freedom and the life of liberty presents. You know, I say this because we accept the mitigation of all our First Amendment rights out of a fear of the unknown, fear of what will come if we take off our masks and return to functioning as the vibrant and prosperous people we have together become. Can an invisible virus truly wield this much power over us? We seem ready to accept the fear that shackles us rather than face the responsibility to balance civil rights with health concerns, a balance that freedom demands, a balance that has always been kept up to this time with flus and viruses of all kinds. Okay, now I told you I would talk today about 
DUMBS, D-U-M-B-S, Deep Underground Military Bases. Now, these are top secret places in our country, places funded by our taxpayer dollars, but hidden from us. They are not private pieces of property, and of course, in the case of private real estate, we enjoy the freedom to live as we please on our own private property, crimes related to the Ten Commandments accepting, of course. But now let's be clear, crimes such as killing, stealing, and false accusations against one's neighbor are not to be equated with things like, quote, crimes uh, of wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, taking a vaccine or not taking a vaccine, reporting one's temperature to authorities each day, or reporting whether you breathed near a loved one or a friend or not. You know, this is going on in China. Now, the legal system in this country was founded upon the Ten Commandments. You knew that, right? So the water is starting to get pretty muddy to get today with the law. It is getting difficult to see that, especially when the fundamental right to life, the right to be born, is so heavily shackled today, subject to the rule of personal whim, that if another deems you unworthy of living, you will not be born. You know, life is a gift from the Almighty, but U.S. law on the books today, on account of the lies of the lawless, in the case of Roe v. Wade, you can look it up, the U.S. law on books today allows for anyone who wishes to kill one's neighbor in the form of the most vulnerable among us, that is our babies in the womb, can do so. And this is a matter of national disgrace. We are confused about what is lawful, what is a civil right, and where these civil rights come from. You know, civil rights do not come from the government. The government is established to protect them. But the civil rights come from God, our maker. They're human rights. And God, who is the author of life and the sustainer of all life, has endowed each human being with them. You know, thou shalt not kill or steal or bear false witness against your neighbor. This is the stuff of true legal boundaries between human beings in a civil society in our country. Now, whether one rejects forced vaccination, itself a violation of medical ethics and of the principles upon which the Nuremberg Code stands, or whether one wears a mask in public, these, this is not a matter of public safety, but rather a matter of public control. It's not law. It, these are not crimes. If we accept masks now and consider the, their removal as almost criminal, which we're experiencing today, what will we accept later? We're getting so confused. We are easily accepting the shackles of enslavement coming to us in the form of the directives of unelected bodies, bodies who in a twist of clever logic have assumed almost total power over our lives in this country and around the world. Okay, I get it. I realize that some of you will take offense at this. Well, free speech is and must continue to be the strength of American society. So I am speaking today. You know, to silence the free exchange of ideas is not America. We exercise our rights when we dialogue freely and civilly, not with angry mobs, I might add, in order to find solutions together that work for everyone in this country, and not just those who shout the loudest, which is a form of bullying, a form of the very worldly principle of might makes right. No, might does not make right. 
power does not make something correct. We see this in the case of police brutality. Just because someone has the power to mistreat another doesn't mean one should, or doesn't mean that one has the, the, a, a right to do that. And just because we have the power emerging today to silence everyone in America who questions the motives of a national coronavirus emergency does not mean we should silence them, right? Okay, now about DUMBS, D-U-M-B-S. There is much to share about these deep underground military bases, which are top secret places funded by you and me. But there's just really one thing I want to say about these today. And you can do your own research to find out more about DUMBS. But here it is, the one thing I'd like to say. I would like to give it to you in the form of a question. Are you ready? Okay, what if... What if our taxpayer dollars were funding a top secret program to manufacture the world's most advanced system of world population control technology ever known to mankind? What if the secret projects that our hard labors are funding are being designated to exercise complete tyrannical control of our conscious and unconscious minds, control of our actions and our relationships, what we think about, how we feel, what we will do with our lives, whether we will get excited enough to join a mob or whether we will um, stay home and isolate ourselves and die, <laughs> okay? Is it possible that this technology being developed is being used to program us, to put pressure on us, to think a certain way or to behave a certain way. Technology in deep underground military bases is far advanced to what we common citizens comprehend. You know, the internet we use today was already well developed in military bases long before it hit the markets for us masses to consume in the 1980s. And why did the technology hit the markets? Perhaps because our use of these technologies is necessary for us to unwittingly receive the programming certain entities want to deliver to us and by which they seek to control society and every individual within it. It's a form of governance that we cannot see or control. It's a form of government that is not elected and does not represent us. You know, there's a new vocabulary developing around this reality. It includes words like technocracy and social engineering, contact tracing, and even user identities and passwords. Technocracy is a form of governing by means of technology without any recourse to public elections at all. Unelected persons, agents of a larger well-funded project of the super wealthy, can decide whether you can see your loved one in a hospital or not. And people are being separated from their loved ones at hospitals on account of the program of fear surrounding the coronavirus today. And these uh, hidden powers that be, they can decide whether you work or not, whether you go to school or not, whether you assemble for a wedding or not, or whether you assemble for a funeral or a church service or a sporting event. Technocracy is becoming the new slave master. 
listen, we have hit a turning point in our society. Will we allow ourselves to be taken into this slavery? Will we believe the lies of social programming coming at us at breakneck speed from all angles right now? You know, there's a lot of talk about alien activity surrounding these deep underground military bases, of which, again, there are like over 1,700 worldwide. You know, aliens have always been pretty far-fetched to me. It's just like gibberish to me. But you know, it's like myths. But you know, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 24, the famous 24th chapter of Matthew, which I believe is very pertinent in numerous ways for us today who are living on the planet in these end times or near end times, times of tribulation, I think. We read in Matthew 24, 24, quote, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Now, we are running out of time today, so I just want to leave you to reflect upon and consider this thought. What if the powers that be are manufacturing some semblance of aliens in these dumb places to act as sort of new prophets new of new ideas and to perform signs and wonders that will mislead, if possible, even the elect, the chosen body of people that is, uh, you know, God's own. Both, I can't just say Christians. There are Jews and Muslims too, I, I suspect, that are in God's uh, chosen elect, who are in God's family, who, who love the Lord God, who follow his commandments, who want to do unto others as um, they would have others do unto them. You know, what if the powers that be are manufacturing some semblance of aliens in these deep underground military bases, these dumb places? Now, I'm not here to argue with you whether aliens exist. Personally, I believe they do not. But if someone were to say, he, hey, here's an alien from outer space, and this alien says X, Y, Z about us, then wouldn't it be the case that people would think, oh, so that's what's true. This is new knowledge. This is revelation of something previously unknown. And we need to listen to what this alien is revealing to us about ourselves. And we need to change. We need to act on it. We need to you know, assimilate this into our knowledge of who we think we are. Wouldn't that begin to be almost, to have the effect of being like a new religion? Like a new revelation from above come down to us below to change the way we think, the way we behave, the way we conceive of ourselves and our neighbor and the world in which we live? Could it be that human beings with ambitious intentions to rule the world out of love for power, not one's neighbor, out of, you know, a lust for control and for wealth, might use this myth of aliens to direct public opinion in any way they choose? Is it conceivable? Are we not very close to accepting programming of any kind whatsoever through the mass media today? And if it had the force of sort of a, you know, uh, an alien intelligence behind it, 
wouldn't that be compelling for a lot of people? You know, we already accept the programming that comes to us through powerful policy-making bodies like the World Health Organization or the CDC or through billionaires who own and direct the type of news we hear streaming into our minds and our hearts night and day through the television in our homes and through newspapers and through social media. You know, let's reflect on these serious, serious issues. They are threats to our civil liberty and to our freedom. Let's choose wisely our next steps. Will we obey unelected powers, ideologues, billionaires, and policy-making bodies that, proclaim, that program our thoughts through technologies developed for that purpose and top-secret taxpayer-funded deep underground military bases? You know, this will be the choice more and more that we are facing. Will we obey the purveyors of false propaganda or will we obey the fundamental laws of nature and civil society by protecting God-given inalienable or inalienable, cannot put a lien against, take something away and put a lien against these rights, these inalienable human and civil rights. You know, can we say no to those who want to obliterate them? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So said Joshua, the one to lead the Israelites finally out of the desert of sin and into the promised land, that land flowing with milk and honey, that land, a new paradise of God's great providence and love. Well, that's all for today. God bless you. Bye now. Thank you.